When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by Libro FM. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick up more than 125,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers from around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports the community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while you're doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, local booksellers. Listeners of Book Riot can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. You can go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter the code BR3. As a bonus, sign up now and get five free audiobooks delivered to you on Bookstore Day, a one-day national party that takes place at bookstores across the country on Saturday, April 27th. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 50, and we're recording on Tuesday, April 23rd. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. Welcome back. Oh, thanks. <laughs> How was, oh, where were you, Copenhagen? Yes, um, it was great. I highly recommend it. It was a really fun and relaxing vacation. Yeah, I'd never been, well, I've only been to London um, in terms of like European uh, places to visit. And so it was nice to do something that's similar but different. Um, You know, they speak plenty of English there, so I didn't have a problem with that. But yeah, it's just so beautiful there. The weather was great. Um, We spent, my friend and I, I, we went there with a friend and we spent literally every day just like walking. We hit like... I think the lowest step count, because my friend has a Fitbit, the lowest step count we had was like a 17,000 <gasps> step day. And then I think our peak was like around 27,000 steps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So like we like were out the entire day, every day. We walked almost everywhere except for like we would take the metro or like the buses a couple of places, obviously. Um, But yeah, we walked basically everywhere. And so we were gone we left as soon as we could, came back as late as we could, and then just like knocked out for the night So we would be so tired from walking so much. But it was like so great. And it's like such a beautiful city that like you don't want to not be outside in it or like walking around it. So yeah, I loved it so much. And I highly recommend visiting if you get the chance. Oh my gosh, my, my legs are cramping up in sympathy. 
<laughs> yeah, there were a couple of days where I was like, oh, man, I'm like real old. Like I have knee issues and stuff like that. So um, like that was acting up. But like there were some days where I was just like, I need a break. I need to like sit for a little while. But like we had our waters with us and we would stop for food, obviously, along the way and like have snacks with us. So we managed to do it. It just it's one of those places where like, yeah, you just want to explore. And like that's our personality type, too. Like we just love to walk around and explore cities and stuff like that. So it was so much fun. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I um well, yeah, I'm the same in that I've I've well, I've only been overseas once and that was to London and it was last year. So <laughs> I I have not been able to explore. Um we we actually well, Blaine and I have a bunch of places we're trying to take off just in the United States that we want to visit. Yeah. But we we have we have a list of a list of places in Europe as as well that we're going to have to hit up. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to have to add Copenhagen to the list. Yeah, I highly I liked it a lot, especially if you're someone who likes history, because they have like really amazing, like castles and like, so much of their like museums and like stuff like that are like, they're not free to the public, but you can get like a pass that basically lets you into all of the museums for that one fee, like you just pay for the one pass and you can get into so many different things. It's so nice. The architecture is beautiful. Like we went to a castle that basically looked like a Disney castle, like in real life. It was amazing. I loved it so much. Mm, oh, that sounds so cool. <laughs> I love castles. Yeah, right. Oh, and then also in Copenhagen, not to uh, just speaking of Disney, they have like Tivoli, which is like the theme park that apparently inspired Walt Disney when he was making Disneyland or Disney oh. World. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's really fun to like go there after having been to Disney World to like see you can see like very clear and direct correlations between things you can see in Disney World and what's there. So it's really fun. <laughs> oh, okay. That that alone is, is just intriguing enough that I'd want to see that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, if you are new to the show, welcome. If you are a longtime listener, welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us. We are on episode 50. Nice round number. We're coming up to two, almost two years of doing the podcast. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I know. I, I'm still, my perception of time is just so warped. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what time is anymore. I don't know how it works. Um, <laughs> but... Thankfully, we don't have to talk about that too much on here because we talk about mysteries and thrillers, not time travel. So yeah, we talk about mysteries and suspense and thrillers and true crime and adaptations and just about anything and everything in between. And we are so happy that you can join us. At the top of the show, this is where we always like to put out a call for um, episode ideas and uh, questions, news items, uh, reading recommendation questions. Uh, if you have any any suggestions for us, topics you'd like us to talk about on the show, uh, please do let us know. We always love hearing from you guys. You guys have given us some really great ideas. It helps us for planning future episodes. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to to hear from everyone. So at the end of the show, we'll have our contact information. So of course, if you if you have any ideas, please do pass those along. Those are always, those are always welcomed. And with that, we'll jump into our little news section. Not a ton happening, but we, we've got a few news items we can talk about. So, uh, Rinsey, why don't you kick us off with that? Okay, um, I will start with a couple of adaptation news because no matter how slow the news is, there's always adaptation news, it seems like. 
So the first one is that Amazon has uh, picked up the rights to produce a drama series based on The Last Mis- Mrs. Parrish. Uh, this is a book that was written by Liv Constantine. And so, again, this is a relatively uh, new acquisition. So there isn't a lot of information out there on this. Um, there are a couple of names that are attached for producing, but that doesn't really mean anything. Um, the series will be written by Jessica. Um, I'm totally going to butcher this. I apologize. Mecklenburg. Um, she has written for a number of different uh, series, including the new Twilight Zone, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams and Stranger Things. So she is writing and executive producing the adaptation. Um, if you aren't aware, uh, the Last Mrs. Parrish follows this young woman who is basically uh, trying to get into the higher society life. Um, and she does this by basically taking over um, another woman's sort of life and then realizing she's in over her head. The thrill, the book has been pitched as The Hand That Rocks the Cradle Meets Single White Female, which I haven't read this book. Have you, Katie? I have. And I have seen both of those movies. And that's kind of accurate, actually. <laughs> Throw in, uh, no, well, no, maybe not Fatal Attraction, but that, that type, that type of thriller movie. It's, it's very intense. And I think I, ta- I remember talking about it on an episode of the show. I will say if you are going to read the book, um, and if you're, if you're interested in watching the show, um, I will give a trigger warning for, uh, domestic abuse. It's very intense and it, I mean, I, it, it was, the book is definitely a page turner, but it was really, it was really rough in some spots. And I am fortunate enough that I have never had to experience that. And even, even I thought it, thought it was a little intense. So, um, I, I like to give that, that caveat when I talk about the book. Well, yeah, that's good to know. So yes, if you, maybe if you have read The Last Message Parish, you'll be excited to see how it is adapted. Um, I feel like Amazon would be a good place for it because they are, okay with doing kind of darker content. Um, and the fact that it's going to be a series, um, I always think is more interesting than when it's just a movie personally. Um, and then the other piece of adaptation news is that the confessions of Franny Langton, uh, is going to be adapted, I believe, also for television. It got picked up by a British production company. Um, and I think it just got acquired. Yeah. And then uh, the book is actually isn't out yet. Um, It's coming out in May, I believe. Uh, So this is one that like, if you like to read books before the adaptations, then you can pick up the confessions of Franny Langton. Um, And this one is set in early 19th century London with the plot following the heroine Franny, who is a slave turned servant who travels with her owner from a Jamaican plantation to 1800s London, where she finds herself accused of the brutal murder of her master and mistress. So that sounds super interesting. I already had this book kind of on my radar. Um, but now knowing that it's going to be adapted as well makes me want to pick it up even more. Um, so yes, that one is again, the confessions of Franny Langton. Yeah, I have a, I have an advanced copy of that sitting on my shelf and that, that one's been on my radar for a while as well. Um, and then to round off the, round out the news bits, there have been a couple of new imprints formed underneath uh, Simon & Schuster or their uh, subsidiaries or whatever you want to call the different publishing arms that Simon & Schuster has. There's one coming out called Arcade Crimewise under Skyhorse Publishing. And the I think the first of the titles, 
Um, it's going to release its first titles this fall. Um, says publishing six to eight titles annually. They're going to be focused, uh, Arcade Crime Wise is going to be focusing on crime fiction, as I'm sure you could probably guess. And then <laughs> there's the Law and Crime Network, which is an on demand and live streaming network that focuses on legal commentary, legal trials, that type of thing. Um, but it is also launching a publishing unit underneath Simon & Schuster where they're going to focus on books that look at true crime, criminal investigations, trials, commentary, that type of thing. So it sounds like they're going to be doing more nonfiction type books. They're, um, I don't think we're going to see the first of their titles till probably 2020, but it's always exciting when there's a new crime imprint that's, that's created. I'm always, I'm always interested to hear about, about new titles, new authors. So, uh, we can keep an eye on them and hopefully we'll, we'll see some really interesting titles coming from them in the next few years. And also, hopefully they will, uh, publish some authors of color. Yes, that too. That, that kind of, Yes, please, please publish authors of color and authors from other backgrounds and identities, please. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So uh, before we jump into our main topic, I have our first sponsor, which is Flatiron Books, and they are the publishers of I Know Who You Are by Alice Feeney. Meet Amy Sinclair, the actress everyone thinks they know, but can't remember where from. Except one person, someone who knows Amy very well. They know who she is, and they know what she did. So this is the highly anticipated next book from the New York Times bestselling author of Sometimes I Lie, uh, which is, this is a dark and twisty book about an actress whose husband goes missing. The police think that she's hiding something, and maybe she is. Critics are calling I Know Who, Who You Are suspense as it should be with a brilliant Hitchcockian twist. So if you are a fan of Alice Feeney or maybe you just enjoy some good thriller suspense books, uh, then you can pick up I Know Who You Are. Um, and thanks so much to Flatiron Books for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so for for this episode... Well, I mean, some some episodes we've we've just got to go with with a simple with with a simple topic. And for this episode, Rincy and I decided to each pick a book by and by a new to us author, an author that we have been meaning to read for a while but have not gotten to yet. Um I I kind of I really like doing these types of topics because it gives me a kick in the pants to look at the books that are actually on my shelf. And go, hmm, which books have I been meaning to read for a long time, but just haven't gotten around to yet? So, do you want to kick us off? Because I feel like I've heard you talk about this author before, but I'm not 100% sure. So, I'm very excited. I mean, it's very possible I've talked about this author before, because I talk about a lot of authors, and honestly, I can't keep track of them all. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> the book I read for this episode was 99 Ways to Die by Ed Lin. This is actually the third book in the Taipei Night Market uh, series. And so um, this is the first uh, book, by the way, that I've obviously read because these are new to us authors. That should be implied. Anyways, um, so I haven't read the other books in this series, but I just picked this one up. It came out in the fall of last year. Yeah, October. So it's a relatively new release. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm always just, again, uh, I always have an eye out for authors of color and books that take place in, um, other countries outside of like the United States and England and things like that, um, to just sort of broaden my horizons. And so this one is set in Taiwan. Um, the author himself is of Taiwanese and Chinese descent. Um, but he lives in New York City. Um, so you are following this character named Jing Nan who runs a food stall. 
um, in sort of like a marketplace in Taiwan. And his friend Peggy um, is someone that he's known since like childhood. And the jacket copy refers to her as like a frenemy because she used to like She's kind of pushy and kind of mean sometimes, but they're also kind of friends and things like that. Um, so Peggy's father's been kidnapped. He's like a really big deal, like a major head of a corporation, well known within the area and things like that. Um, and he's kidnapped and held for ransom. And the people who have kidnapped him are demanding, um, money, but they're, they want like a chip, like a memory chip that, uh, they believe that Peggy's father has created. And so Jingnan gets pulled into uh, trying to help Peggy out and trying to figure out who kidnapped him, how to get this chip that they want, um, and what's going to happen because they have like a 48-hour deadline or something like that before they dem- they say that they're going to uh, kill someone. So yeah, this is like, despite that like sort of dark premise to it, this is actually a fun and lighthearted mystery. That sounds really weird to say uh, when, after talking about the synopsis, but the way that it's written is really fun. Um, it's not quite like cozy mystery light, but it's kind of in that nice in-between state, like kind of like how, oh my gosh, The Widows of Malabar Hill is like on the sort of lighter side, but it still has like this dark mystery element to it. So it's not like super cozy or anything like that. I feel like this book sort of falls in that sort of middle spectrum of not being super dark, but also not being like too light and fluffy either. Um, like this book is really fun. Like it's funny at times. The character, there are a lot of really fun characters in here that are all really clever and funny and they have these like one liners and silly jokes and things like that. It takes place in this like, uh, they mentioned like a food stall market uh, place uh, setting. And it's actually kind of nice because they like incorporate all of that into the story as well. Like there are scenes where Jingnan is uh, preparing foods to sell that night or trying to think of new recipes and things like that. And it's it reminded me or like the experience of reading those scenes kind of reminded me of when I was watching Crazy Rich Asians and they go to Singapore and they go to like the food market and they're eating all that food. And I'm you spend the entire time just being like, man, I wish I was in Singapore eating all that food. Um, reading this book, I felt like I was having a sim- similar experience where I was just thinking like, man, I was I wish I was in Taiwan so I could eat all this food that they keep talking about. So, you know, maybe don't read this while you're hungry. But... <laughs> Overall, I enjoyed the experience of this book. I will give the one caveat of this is probably the one time or not the one time, but one of the few times where I do feel like you need to read these books in order, because obviously this was my first time reading this series and being the third book in, I felt like they kept referencing certain things and I didn't completely understand or know what they were referencing. Um, and so I feel, I'm pretty sure that what they were doing is referencing things that had happened in previous books or background information that you would have gotten from the previous books. So this might actually be the one time where I say like, go back to the first book because it actually would be better. Um, so if you are interested, the first book in the series is called Ghost Month. Um, and that one came out in 2014. The second book is called Incense. Um, so if you have access to it, I do recommend picking it up. It's a good, fun mystery. It's a good mystery book, I think, to pick up when you, again, want that sort of in between of not something super, super dark, but also not something super, super light. Like I think this book balances it pretty well. Well, that actually, that's a great segue into mine because I feel like mine hits that sweet spot as well. Um, the book I read was They All Fall Down by Rachel Housel Hall. 
Um, this book, I can't, I think came out earlier this month. Uh, yes, it does. I'm looking at the, the side of my advanced copy and it says April 2019. So this just came out a couple weeks ago. And I had heard, um, you know, I've heard Rachel Housel Hall's name come up. I, we talked about, we talked about this book as an upcoming title. We've mentioned, I think, maybe one or two of her other books or one of her series on the show. So she's been on my radar and this book has, um, it's just, it, it has such an interest, had such an interesting premise that I thought, I'm like, okay, you know what, this seems, this seems like a fun read. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start going through my arc shelf at home, start clearing some of these books out. And I really enjoyed it. Um, so the first thing to know about this book is that it's, it, it, uh, pays tribute to um, the classic And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie, which, as many of you know, I've only read one Agatha Christie title in my in my life, um, it, and it was not that one. However, <laughs> um, the, the premise of it is one, even if you haven't read the book, you know the premise if you're familiar with mysteries, where a group of strangers is summoned to kind of an isolated location for a weekend. Um, and then they find out that their that their host uh, is nowhere to be found, and he brought them all together because they have some sort of of unsavory past that's slowly going to come out one by one, and or it's it's going to their their past are going to come out, and then each of the characters gets killed off one by one. I mean that's it's a very very I mean that that was I, that was the book that really kicked off that that type of that trope. Um, so this one plays, plays on that, on that concept. So you have, I think it's, yeah, seven, seven characters, um, that are all summoned to a private island off of Mexico. Um, and it's a very broad group of characters. There's a chef, there's a, uh, a financial advisor, there's a, a nurse, a young woman who lives in West Virginia, whose elderly husband was who had just died. Um, a lawyer, the main character Miriam. She is well. She currently does not have a job, and you start to get little pieces of why she doesn't have a job, and also the the other things that are going that have been going on in her very recent past. She's um she's divorced. Her daughter is still talks to her but ultimately is really like pulling away from her, does not want to spend time with her. She you find out that she has been um that she has been given uh psychiatric medication for pretty good reason. And so all of these people are brought to the island and then you slowly find out bit by bit what's going on. Or not, not so much what's going on, but but what in each of these people's past is why they were invited to this place, and I won't I won't give more details with with that. Um, I can't, yeah, and unfortunately with this book is I can't I can't give too many details because there are a ton of plot twists, and I mean the stuff that I've told you, I mean you can pretty much gather that from from reading the book, um, or from reading the back of the book. But it, what I I loved this book it was such a it was such a fun engrossing read i i read it in basically two sittings and the first sitting like i read you know like okay you know 40 50 maybe 60 pages and then i just read the rest of it in a marathon sitting last night like 
I, I've actually had a really great reading week and I feel like my butt has not left the living room couch for like, for like the entire weekend. But this, this book was, it was a lot of fun. The characters are all, well, obviously they're all incredibly flawed, but you kind of dislike all of the characters and not in a way, but not in a way where you're like, I truly cannot stand to, you know, I cannot read a book or I, I can't read the story in this character's, uh, from this character's perspective. It's not like that. You just like these people, they have some, they have something good about them, but there's a lot of bad about these people. And you just get little bits and pieces of how each person is misbehaving and what they've done in the past. And you're just like, Ooh, I really don't like any of them, but you're still fascinated. And, and you just, you just have to keep reading. Gosh, I've, I've got so many, I've got so many thoughts about this book, but it, I have to step back and make sure that I'm not going to spoil anything. So yeah, it's like I said, it's full of, it's full of plot twists up until the very end. So this one, you know, even though you know what the story, like the, the general framework from, for the story, if you're familiar with it, with the Agatha Christie novel, you still don't know what's going to be revealed or what, different takes she's going to she's going to have on this trope and it's it's just it's written so well it's it just flows so easily it's a really short it's a great weekend read if you're looking for a book that that you can basically pound out in a couple of days this is great it's just it's just a fun engaging mystery novel um and there's you know there's elements of there's some elements of psychological suspense since you're um, you're from the you're in the perspective of Miriam the entire time, and you know that there, she is not being forthcoming with all of the all of the things that have happened to her. She's in denial about her role in certain things, and you know what may or may not have actually happened in her past. And you know, there's just so many questions. Um, but it's a really it's a satisfying read. Um, it's it's a lot of fun, and this is a book that. As a librarian, well, A, because when I'm at the desk, I'm looking right at the new mystery and suspense novels. And this book has just been sitting there face out. And I just kind of want like every person who comes up to the desk, I just want to be like, here, read this book, <laughs> read this book, read this book. It's it really does, like you said, Rinsey, hit that sweet spot. Like it definitely has some dark moments to it. And she has she's able to incorporate some levels of kind of social commentary in there. It is not heavy handed at all, but is she is able to weave that into the story. But it just it just hits that nice spot where it's not super cozy, but it's not over the top dark and violent. Like you can really it's I feel like this book would appeal to such a wide range of readers. Um but I think that's about all I am going to say on it in case I accidentally spoil something so again that is they all fall down by rachel housel hall so uh while you were talking i went and i put it on hold at my local library just so we're clear um most partially i had this book on my radar already because i saw that it was getting like and then there were none sort of comparison or i saw like that sort of what this book was based on or paying homage to um so i already was like oh yeah this is a book i want to read um but then listening to you talk about it i was like yeah i need to get that one sooner rather than later <laughs> yeah it was i knew that i would enjoy it but i was just really i was so pleasantly surprised at just how fast of a read it was and just it was just you know sometimes you just need a good enjoyable read you don't want to you don't want to think too much about stuff you don't want you know you don't want it to be too heavy you just want that nice it's it's like a goldilocks type of book it's just right 
Yeah, and it's pre- it sounds like a great like summer vacation book too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is this is for sure. I mean, a it takes place on a on a tropical private island, so there is that. But yeah, this is totally a poolside book. Like, bring this with you on vacation this summer. Absolutely, pack this book away. So, um, and of course, you know, this we we're only talking about one book each, but. Well, I think this is this is a topic that we'll have to revisit periodically. <laughs> There's just so many new authors. Oh yeah. I like picked a book that I already had on my shelves, but prior to when I was thinking about this, I legitimately like went to the library and I checked out like four potential books that I could have read for this because I was like, oh, let me see, let me just like wander and see like what I see that are like authors where I keep going like, oh, I need to read their book. So there's a very good chance that I'll just be talking about lots of different books and authors because I've already checked out like a bunch of books (laughs) that could fit into this topic. (laughs) Well, that yeah, that that works. Um, and yeah, it, like I said, this this has really helped me gain some momentum. Is what's been a really good reading week. So I'm trying. I'm going to try and keep that momentum going and just pick up some new books and see and see what see what happens. Um, like I'm, I mentioned I have a copy of the Confessions of Franny Langton. Um, I have an advanced copy of that book. Like just hearing hearing you talk about the adaptation, I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I've got to I've got to read that before it comes out. So. But yeah, it's I I love discovering new authors. I used to I used to be very much a rereader um and just kind of stick to what's familiar, but now I just I love discovering new authors and new books and all kinds of fun stuff. So uh if I I guess this would be a, if if you have any recommendations <laughs> um of books that might be new to us, <laughs> let us know or if you had a particular um author that you read that was new to you and you just fell head over heels for them please let us know as well because our our reading lists are not long enough as it is <laughs> and uh with that um i guess i'll i'll jump into our second sponsor before we head into into the new releases but anyway our second sponsor is the hummingbird dagger by Cindy Anstey and Swoon Reads. This is a dark and twisty Regency novel perfect for readers who like their Jane Austen classics with a side of mystery and murder. It's 1833, a near-fatal carriage accident has deposited an unconscious young woman on the doorstep of young Lord Ellerby. When she finally awakens, it is with no memory of who she is or where she came from. And as the mystery woman tries to solve the puzzle of her own identity and the appalling events that brought her to their door, nothing can prepare her for the escalating dangers that await. What she can't remember could be deadly. Um, so, like I said, it's, it's, uh, takes, a, takes a little bit of Jane Austen with some mystery and murder and mayhem thrown in there. Our nameless heroine has to rely on a handsome young lord and his sister to help her survive. So it's got, it sounds like it's got that Regency time period in there, but maybe a little bit of romance as well. Ranges from the hazardous cliffs of Dorset to the hostile streets of London. And this, talk about fun reads. This sounds like a fun read. So this, if you're into uh, historical romances with a twist, or if you like your twisty mysteries with a side of romance, whichever side of the spectrum you fall on, uh, be sure to check out The Hummingbird Dagger by Cindy Anstey. And uh, which is published by Swoon Reads. And we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. All right. So I have our new releases for this episode. Uh, the first one I have is The Mother-in-Law by Sally Hempworth. This one came out today, April 23rd. So you guys can pick this up right now. 
Um, From the moment that Lucy met her husband's mother, she knew that she wasn't the wife that Diana had envisioned for her perfect son. Exquisitely polite, friendly, and always generous, Diana nonetheless kept Lucy at arm's length despite her desperate attempts to win her over. And as a pillar in the community, an advocate for female refugees, and a woman happily married for decades, no one had a bad word to say about Diana except Lucy. That was five years ago. Now Diana is dead, a suicide note found near her body claiming that she no longer wanted to live because of the cancer wreaking havoc inside her body. However, the autopsy found no cancer, but it did find traces of poison and evidence of suffocation. So now the question is, who could possibly want Diana dead? Uh, Why was her will changed at the 11th hour to disinherit both of her children and their spouses? And what does it mean that Lucy isn't exactly sad that she's gone? Um, So this sounds like a really uh, interesting and fun, uh, twisty novel um, that looks at one woman's complicated relationship with her mother-in-law that ends in death. Um, So fractured relationships and deep family secrets will uh, keep this story going. Um, And again, that is The Mother-in-Law by Sally Hempworth. Then I have uh, The Invited by Jennifer McMahon. This one comes out on April 30th. In a quest for a simpler life, Helen and Nate have abandoned the comforts of suburbia to take up residence on a 44-acre rural land where they'll begin the ultimate aspirational do-it-yourself project, building the house of their dreams. When they discover that this beautiful property has a dark and violent past, Helen, a former history teacher, becomes consumed by local legend of Hattie Breckenridge, a woman who lived and died there a century ago. With her passion for artifacts, Helen finds special materials to incorporate into the house, like a beam from an old schoolroom, bricks from a mill, a mantle from the farmhouse, um, objects that draw her deeper into the story of Hattie and her descendants, three generations of Breckenridge women, each of whom have died suspiciously. As the building project progresses, the house will become a place of menace and unfinished business, a new home, now haunted, that beckons its owners and their neighbors towards unimaginable danger. So if you like your uh, mystery and suspense books with a little bit of ghost, uh, then I recommend picking up The Invited by Jennifer McMahon. Um, Also coming out on April 30th is Little Darlings by Melanie Golding. Everyone says Lauren Tranter is exhausted and that she needs rest. And they're right. With newborn twins, Morgan and Riley, she's never been more tired in her life. But she knows what she saw. That night in her hospital room, a woman tried to take her babies and replace them with her own creatures. Yet when the police arrived, they saw no one, and everyone from her doctor to her husband thinks that she's imagining things. A month passes, and one bright summer morning, the babies disappear from Lauren's side in a park. But when they're found, something is different about them. The infants look like Morgan and Riley to everyone else. But to Lauren, something is off. As everyone around her celebrates their return, Lauren begins to scream, these are not my babies. Determined to bring her true infant son's home, Lauren will risk the unthinkable. But if she's wrong about what she saw, she'll be making the biggest mistake of her life. Uh, So this is being described as compulsive, creepy, and inspired by some very dark fairy tales. Um, And Little Darlings will have you checking and rechecking your own little ones. So that's terrifying. Um, And again, that one is called Little Darlings by Melanie Golding. And that comes out on April 30th. 
And then uh, the final book that I have is actually a short story collection that is called At Home in the Dark. And it is um, a compilation from a number of different writers. Um, so there are um, this was put together by Lawrence Block. He is the editor of the anthology. Um, and he says that some of these stories have one or both feet planted in another genre. Um, James Reesener has a story that is a period Western. Uh, Joan Lansdale has a bleak dystopian. And Joe Hill has a novelette that slithers through a little doorway into another world. Um, so there are quite a number of authors who have contributed to that besides the ones that I just named, including Ed Park, um, Thomas Pluck, Elaine Kagan, and many more. If you are looking for a common denominator within all the stories, they're all dark stories with nothing cozy or comforting about them. Um, and every last one of them packs a punch. Um, so if you are looking for a good thriller, maybe borderline horror, uh, short story anthology to check out, maybe some new authors you want to uh, test out, then you can pick up At Home in the Dark, which also comes out on April 30th. Well, I think that sentence just sums up everything about my reading tastes. They're all dark stories with nothing cozy or comforting about them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is up my alley. Um, and I also, I have to mention that the other three books on the list, I oh, I had on my list already. So you picked really, really good ones from my perspective. <laughs> I figured, I, I felt like all of the other books we were talking about were like light and fun. So, you know, we're going with the uh, more dark and disturbing stuff for new releases. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and give, and give your voice a break. So, yeah, I have started and finished three books since the last episode, which has, I don't remember the last time that happened. One of them was They All Fall Down, so I won't talk about that one again. Um, I did start and finish The Setapur Moonstone by Sujata Masi. We've Ooh. talked about that one a lot, so I won't go into too much detail, but that was another one that was like a two-sitting read for me. I Got it. I got started the first 50, 60 pages and then tore through the rest of it. Um, it is, I think it's just as good as the first one. It's got the same period details. Um, there is an over, there, there's an overhanging just sense of kind of dread and menace in the story, even though it's not super dark, but there's just this, there's just this cloud of, of this ominous cloud just hanging over the whole story. And it's, it's beautifully written. It's interesting. I love the character, character of Praveen Mystery. She is, oh my gosh, I love her so much. And I think one of the reasons why I love her so much is that she is trying to do, like, she's trying to do the right thing, but sometimes she says or does things that, like, they're not careless, but, like, you know, on hindsight, she's like, oh, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I should have done that differently, or, uh, like, she's making, like, she's making mistakes, but kind of learning as she goes, and I just, I just really, I, I feel for that. <laughs> Like, it's not one of those stories where the person's just screwing up all over the place, and then they somehow manage to solve the mystery. Like, she, like she's really competent, but she's also kind of, she's in very new territory, both literally and metaphorically. And so she's just trying to find her way while still doing a good job to, in all of these different various aspects of her life, and she's trying to juggle all of these expectations and cultural restraints on her and I just I don't know I really I really feel for that and I the mystery is great um I think it I think it ends well I think it I thought it was it was really well constructed and I just loved it 
And you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard us Muppet Armor about Sujata Masi. So just, just read her. <laughs> I, um, at, at work, I was talking about the Widows of Malabar Hill to a couple of my new coworkers. And I get the way I described it, they were, they both just kind of looked at each other and they're like, what's the name of this book? And they wrote it down and they're like, do we own it? And I looked it up and I was like, yeah, it's on the shelf. And I swear, I thought there was going to be a fist fight to see who was going <laughs> to get to the shelf first to get the book. I was like, guys, calm down. We also have it as an ebook. It's okay. So I'm, I'm slowly but surely recruiting people on, for my, uh, Sujata Masi fan club. Um, but then, and, um, I also, after I finished that, I picked up, um, a recommendation from Jamie, who does the, uh, uh, who does the Unusual Suspects newsletter. And she told me a while ago that I needed to read As Long As We Both Shall Live by Joanne Cheney. Um, and she told me not to look into, like, don't read the plot, just kind of go into it blind. So it is a, as you can guess by the title, it is a marriage thriller. <laughs> it's This was a one-sitting book. I read this in an evening. <laughs> I have been powering through the books. Um, it is dark. It is twisty. It's fun. It's You think you know what it is? Like, you start to look, you're like, okay, I've, I think I've read this before. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. This one's a little bit different, actually. Um, it's it's like the epitome of a page turner. It is It is a dark popcorn novel. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so, like I said, my butt has not left the, <laughs> has not left the living room couch for like the last, definitely over the weekend. So yeah, that is As Long As We Both Shall Live by Joanne Cheney. It came out earlier this year. If you like psychological suspense, that's pretty dark, but twisty, keeping the pages turning, definitely pick this one up. It's, it's, it's good. <laughs> um, and then in terms of what I'm starting, I want to find a good audiobook. I've been striking out in the last couple of audiobooks I've tried. Like, I don't like the narrator or the story isn't grabbing me. So I'm going to keep my, eye, my eyes and ears open for a new, uh, for a new mystery audiobook. I don't know what it'll be yet, but hopefully I find something good. All right. I haven't been qu having quite as good of luck with my uh, reading lately, but uh, I have been finishing some stuff. Um, so I read A Deadly Divide by Asma Siena Khan. This is the fifth book in the Rachel Getty and Essica Talk series. I love this series so, so much. And I always get so excited when there is a new book out in the series. Um, so if you aren't aware, uh, this uh, these detectives are from Canada and they are part of, oh, I forget what they call it, but it's like a community policing sort of initiative. Um, Esikatak is a Muslim man. And so their job is sort of to handle cases that have some sort of like, uh, racial tension or religious tension or something along those lines, like some element like that, um, and to investigate those cases as well as like handle the community aspects of it, because obviously these communities are uh, majorly impacted by some of this stuff. Um, so in this book, you are following this case of there's been a mass shooting at a mosque in Quebec. And um, they the police, the local police ended up arresting uh, a Muslim man who was found with um, who was found at the scene of the crime. Um, and they ended up letting go this, uh, local priest, but, um, who was found at the scene of the crime with a wep with the weapon or with what seems to be the weapon in his hands. And so like part of it is like looking at this from a hate crime point of view and like who would be, uh, targeting 
the mask. Um, and part of it is also just looking at the racial dynamics that are happening in Quebec. And I'm pretty sure that uh, a lot of the things talked about in the book are actual things that have occurred uh, in Quebec. Uh, one of the things that they talk about is how there was a law that was almost passed where they were going to make it illegal for uh, women, anyone to basically cover their entire face. And so like Muslim women who wore like the full face veil uh, wouldn't be able to do that in the city of Quebec anymore. Um, and so like it's topics like that are brought up in this uh, story and it deals a lot with the racial tensions, religious tensions that are occurring right now, uh, specifically at Muslim people. Um, it feels extremely relevant, as you might be aware, um, no matter what country you're living in. And yeah, I think that Asma Zayana Khan just does a great job of always taking these sort of mystery books, but then also placing these um, larger conversations within the mysteries, because a lot of the crimes that at least we hear about on the news and things like that have some el other element that's going on. They're not just like straight, straightforward. I'm doing air quotes around that word, <laughs> uh, like deaths or murders or anything like that. Like there is some element of race or war or religion or something like that. There's like deeper meanings um, behind all of the mysteries that she places in her book. So um, I, I highly, highly, highly recommend picking up her books. I think the two main characters are so great. Um, they have such a great relationship. Um, and it's nice because they don't like they're not forcing a romance between them. Like they care about each other a lot and it's very clear that they care about each other a lot, but they both like date other people um, and things like that. So if you are someone who gets annoyed when like the main characters in a book uh, start dating each other because it feels like that's always the default, then this is also uh, nicely refreshing uh, for that as well. Um, so yes, the this is the fifth book in the series, A Deadly Divide. Um, the first book in the series is called The Unquiet Dead. And I do recommend reading these in order because they do like reference back to previous uh, mysteries in all of the books. So it helps to read them in order. Although I do know some people who have read them out of order, but I think it works better if you just read them in order. So yeah, that's the only thing I have finished so far in terms of mysteries and thrillers. Um, what I'm going to be starting is most likely the Fragile Penny Tree Mysteries by Ovidia Yu, which I'm pretty sure I talked about in a previous episode that I was going to be reading, but it's like due back at the library next week. Um, so <laughs> it's become like sort of a priority that I read it now. So that it's either going to get read or it's just going to get returned next week and I haven't read it, but I'm hoping to read it because it seems really fun and I want to give it a try. I love that that's how we pick the books which which one is due back at the library soonest i mean honestly that's how i handle my like reading in general is literally like oh do i have any books due back at the library soon no okay then i'll go read one of my other books that i already have at home or vice versa of like yes there is something due back at the library okay i need to read that over my other books so i mean it helps to have someone else make the choice for me sometimes <laughs> all right so that's our show thanks so much to everyone for listening for show notes, you can head to bookriot.com slash listen. There will be links to the news stories that we talked about at the top of the show, as well as links to all of the books that we have mentioned in this episode. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, definitely leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts so that way other people can discover us. 
If you want to send us questions or comments or episode ideas, uh, you can email us at redordead at bookriot.com. Again, we are always looking for uh, episode ideas. So feel free to email us, whether it be a general topic or some question that you may have that we could potentially spin into an episode idea. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincy A. And I am on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.